Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Happy Monday, Father. Happy Monday. Rejoice. That's right. Third Sunday of Advent yesterday. You were wearing pink or rose? I was wearing Are you rose. one of those? Are you one of those? I was wearing rose. <laughs> I look like a pe- Pepto-Bismol bottle, but you know. I said, I was... you know, real, I, I told the kids on Saturday, I said, you know, come to Mass on Sunday, because you only see this twice a year, the priest, and he's going to tell you he's wearing rose, but he's wearing pink. Oh, and just remember, on. real men wear pink. They do, you know. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was, it was a beautiful. It was a beautiful day, and uh, like the 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 pink candle, rose candle, whatever you want to call it, as you know, as we get closer to Christmas, Christmas now next. It's next Friday. It's, it's Christmas Eve. It's coming. It's right there. Right there. And that's why we rejoice. That's why yesterday, you know, uh, I heard Bishop Barron saying saying in his homily the, the, the Gaudete Sunday. You know, when we say Gaudete, it's it's kind of like a, a an imperative. It's like rejoice. It's kind of like a command to rejoice, and and Saint Paul reflects that. In, in yesterday's second reading, when he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, again I will say, rejoice. You know, it's like Paul wants to repeat himself, to, in case you didn't get it the yeah. first time. You know, we you know we have to be a joyful people. And that's pretty much what I preached about yesterday. And, and I asked, you know, do we have joy in our lives? Because so many people live joyless lives and claim to be Christian. And I said, our witnesses Christians becomes so ineffective when we do not radiate the joy of Christ. And that's what yesterday's all about, and that's why the church tells us definitively, Galete, mm-hmm. rejoice. And and we hear that in the second reading, we hear that in the antiphon of the Mass, we hear it constantly um, during Advent. My goodness, in the in Come, O Come, Emmanuel, the great Advent hymn, says, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Yep. We hear that over and over again, but do we make that part of our lives? Yeah, and it's it's so tangible right now with Christmas, and that's why mm-hmm. I I love that this is placed, you know, right right in the middle, kind of the turning point of Advent, you know, where we're closer to Christmas now than, than we were at the you know at, at the start. We we've passed the halfway mark, so it's right there. You know, the, the decorations are popping up even more now. The lights are are all over the place. The music is you know you, you can't escape it. So it becomes, you know, and, and those are just kind of surface things, you know, of the happiness, if you will, uh, of the, the deeper layer of joy. But it, it, all, it becomes so tangible now as we kind of hit this home stretch of Advent with, with Christmas coming up. And let, let's go deeper into the second reading because, you know, Paul's letter to the Philippians, it's a great, a great meditative text for Advent. You know, just, just to go over it really quickly, it's a very short reading. It's uh, Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let all men know your forbearance. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So again, beginning of that of that uh, text, rejoice. 
And I say it again, rejoice. Let all men know your forbearance. Let all men know that you have a cause for your joy, that it is Jesus Christ who is the cause of your joy. And same, you know, the commentary on this is, obviously, Paul repeats that for emphasis. The, the joy of the Lord is produced in believers by the Holy Spirit and can flourish despite trying circumstances and even crush, crushing misfortunes. Paul exemplifies this in Philippians, where a spirit of gladness dominates the tone of his letter, even though he is writing from prison. So here is yeah. Paul locked up in a prison cell, and he is telling the Philippians, rejoice. So you are there, and, and Roman prisons probably would not pass the Geneva Convention. Nope. <laughs> you know, so you know, he's there and he's telling these people, rejoice. So it shows that even despite hardship, even despite misfortune, there is cause for rejoicing. Why? The next the next sentence. The Lord is near, the Lord is at hand. And it probably refers to the near presence of Christ at all times rather than to his scheduled return at the end of time. Because we talked a little bit about that last week, is that Jesus Christ is always near us. We have him in the Eucharist. Every time we invoke him in prayer, he's near us. This ready access to Jesus through prayer should encourage believers to seek his help and consolation in times of need. Because obviously, everyone that Paul is writing to at one point or another is going to suffer persecution, is going to suffer misfortune. Even if he's addressing it to us, even though we may be not suffering from persecution, we suffer through our life's misfortune, things that you know that don't go our way. We're not always joyful. We're not always on that high. We'd love to be on that high, but because of our human, you know, our humanity, because life is, let's let's face it, a roller coaster, you know, we need to realize that, you know, there will be peaks and valleys and that we're not always joyful, that now we're always screaming or singing happy, happy, joy, joy. But if we keep Christ at the center of our lives, we realize that he is near, and that should cause us joy. And finally, just to finish, you know, this text, have no anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have no anxiety about anything. So if they were worried about persecution, if they were worried about other things, Paul's telling them, chill, relax, don't worry, be happy, as Bobby McFerrin would say. You know, so, and make your request known to God, and the peace of God will be with you. That tranquility of heart and soul that comes from Christ, Paul insists, insists that if we pray about our problems rather than worry about them, God will post a guard around our minds to protect us from the doubts and disturbances that weaken our confidence in his fatherly care. I love that. This is from the Ignatian Study Bible, this commentary that I'm reading uh, right now. God himself will post a a guard around our minds to protect us from the doubts and disturbances that weaken our confidence in his fatherly care. How many times do we, you know, we just drown in our worries, drown in our in our anxieties, and do not let God protect us. And just say, Lord, I hand this over to you. You know, protect me so that I won't have anxiety, so that I can rejoice because you are near. And we, we need to make the distinction between joy and happiness because that, that's really at the core of this whole, this whole weekend and, and spe- specifically this reading. You know, we're not always going to be happy. 
you know, life happens, you know, we're, our hearts are going to be broken. We're going to experience, you know, the, the death of a loved one. You know, we're, we're going to lose our job. We're going to go through, you know, difficult times. That's just the nature of life because life is broken. You know, we, we, everywhere you turn, there's sin. We're not always going to be happy. But despite the ups and downs, you know, the, the peaks and valleys, you said, we can find joy at all times. And, and that's that safeguard that, that you know, the, the peace of the Lord that's beyond all understanding. You know, the, the day that my twins passed, you know, I remember, and I kind of caught, my, caught myself by surprise when I said I was with my family in, in the hospital room, and we were obviously devastated. And I just turned to, to my parents, and I said, you know, it hurts so much because the Lord is opening our heart to love even more. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know where that came from. Oof, Obviously, I know where that came that, from, but, but that wasn't me. And I said, and, and I caught myself saying, and I go, wow, that is, that's joy. Yeah, where, where despite the, the incredible pain that we had, that we were experiencing, you know, the, the loss, the, obviously the loss of their life, the, the loss of our, of our hope for, for children at that moment, you know, despite everything that went wrong that morning, you know, that the Holy Spirit would inspire, you know, this, this reflection to say, you know, it hurts so much because we're being opened up to, to love deeper, to love more, to, to something else that's coming. And, doesn't, and that's, and, that's joy. And, do, and doesn't love imply some hurt at some point? Absolutely. Because uh, it's a song, love hurts, you know. Um, you look at Jesus, love, love personified as Jesus on the cross. And, you know, suffering, you know, especially when it comes to loving someone, you know, when somebody you love hurts you, you know, or, you know, it opens your, it opens your heart to love even more. It's like for, to bring it to a more biblical or, ten, uh, ten, you know, something tangible. Mm-hmm. It is the piercing of our side, the piercing of our heart, which allows our love to grow, to just mm-hmm. pour forth like it, the water poured out of Jesus' body. And it, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that about the twins because I made reference to it in my homily yesterday. So imagine the priests that had to get up to preach about rejoicing and joy, priests in Kentucky over the weekend, whose yep. churches may not have survived the tornadoes, mm-hmm. who probably celebrated Mass anyways, and are celebrating Mass and bringing the hope of Jesus, the joy of Jesus, to a battered and torn community, who, you know, wherever they may be, houses gone, lives lost, and this is how they're going to spend Christmas, yep. without a house, without, you know, a loved one. And yet, they still had to get up there. You know, we're talking about Paul, pre- you know, saying rejoice from prison. Yep. These priests had to get up there and... You know, talk about the joy of Jesus. I'm like, I'm like, goodness. I'll get, one of the most tangible examples that I can give, and it may seem trivial, trivial to some people, but if you're Cuban, it's not. Of, uh, I had to preach Easter Sunday in the uh, 21 years ago in the year in the year 2000, and on Holy Saturday of the year 2000, Leon Gonzalez was taken from Miami, and it created a deep hurt in the Cuban community. In fact, that. People were coming to Mass, and I was in a very Cuban parish at that time. And I was scheduled to preach the biggest Mass of the, of the, of the weekend. 
of the Easter weekend. And people were coming in like defeated, despondent. You know, that once again, this dictator 90 miles from us had taken something that was someone who was dear to us. And I don't want to get into the politics of where he should have been. I'm just saying that at that moment, it was a deep, deep hurt. You, You cannot compare it the loss of life, you cannot compare it to the loss of twins, you cannot compare it to what happened in Kentucky. I'm just talking about something that I experienced. For sure. And it was Easter Sunday, and you're, you know, and it's like, hallelujah, the Lord is risen. And people were not in the mood. No. And I just had to remind them of one very, and, and this is all I remember from that homily, it was, it was 20, almost 22 years ago, was ultimately victory belongs to Jesus Christ. And that's what the resurrection teaches us. That's what Christmas should teach us, that Christ is born into the, in the darkness mm-hmm. to bring light into yep. the darkness. People in darkness have seen a great light. We're going to hear at Midnight Mass uh, next Friday. You know, we have to look at, the, at, at everything around us, and, and, and we could look and point to so many things that are going wrong in the world. And despite that, and in spite of that, the church is calling us, St. Paul is calling us, to rejoice, to have joy, because the Lord is near. Yeah. Well, you know, it comes down to what are you looking for? Yeah, oh, and that's, we've, that's the gospel. We've, we've had this. We've had this discussion here before. You know, what, if we're looking for the darkness, we're going to find the darkness. If we're if we're looking for the brokenness, we're going to find the brokenness. If we're looking for Satan, we're going to find Satan. You know, but are we looking for? You know, are we looking for the good? Are we looking for you know the signs of God's presence in our life? Are we looking for the joy despite? You know, all the odds against it. And if we're looking for it, we will find it. Because, and the, you know, when, when I started the youth group uh, 10 years ago, I said, you know, we're, we're going to name the youth group Gaudium, mm-hmm. uh, which is Latin for joy. And, and the little tagline I put on that was, you know, to be Catholic is to be joyful. To be Catholic is to be joyful because we are a Eucharistic people. We have the, the presence of Christ with us everywhere we go, literally, physically, present everywhere we go through the Eucharist. You know, there is no reason that we should not be joyful, you know, no matter what we're facing, because we have Jesus Christ with us. You know, so, so if we're looking for him, despite everything, we will find him. And to go back to the question that I opened up the homily with yesterday, do you have joy in your life? And there are fleeting joys. There are, you know, and that's where you say, what, what, you know, the distinction between joy and happiness. There are things that make us happy in this life, but those things are fleeting. True joy is only found in Christ Jesus. My goodness, uh, Pope Francis dedicated a whole encyclical to this: no, the joy of the gospel. Phenomenal, right? And and if you if you open up the gospels, if you you know root yourself in Jesus Christ. That's where you will find joy. I put in the bulletin this past weekend a beautiful quote from John Paul II when he was talking about joy. He says, Faith is our source of joy. We believe in a God who created us so we might enjoy human happiness in some measure on earth in its fullness in heaven. We are meant to have our human joys, the joy of living, the joy of love and friendship, the joy of work, well done. We who are Christians have a further cause for joy. Like Jesus, we know that we are loved by God our Father. This love transforms our lives and fills us with joy. It makes us see that Jesus did not come to lay burdens upon us. 
He came to teach us what it means to be fully happy and fully human. Therefore, we discover joy when we discover truth. The truth about God our Father, the truth about Jesus our Savior, the truth about the Holy Spirit who lives in our hearts. You know, uh, St. John Paul II preached that in in an Angelus address while he was visiting Australia in, in 1986, a long time ago. And what jumped out at me right now, I read this several times over the weekend, is that Jesus did not come to lay burdens upon us. He came to teach us what it means to be fully happy and fully human. Because when you look at Jesus, and it depends on our point of view and our faith and our understanding of Jesus, do we look at Jesus and say, Jesus was a joyful man? Well, of course he was. He gave the good news. He fed people. He cured people. Did he suffer? Absolutely he suffered. But he knew that he had to submit to the will of the Father and still gives us, and he tells us at the end of the Gospel of St. John, you know, I give you my joy so that your joy may be complete. He wants us to share in the joys of heaven. He wants us to teach, and he wants to teach us how to be joyful here on this earth. And that's what Advent is all about. It's figuring out, okay, what brings me true, authentic joy? And what, what just brings us, you know, this fleeting happiness? I said at the end of the homily yesterday, I go, listen, nothing we find under the tree on Christmas morning is going to bring us joy, authentic joy. Yeah, it could make us happy. Oh, good. I got a new shirt. That's nice. Or I got a new toy or whatever it is. It's not going to give us lasting joy. You know, work for the things of heaven. Work not, Don't work for the things of earth. doesn't mean that, you know, Father's not saying don't give gifts to people. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that if we want authentic joy, where will you find it? On the altar, in the tabernacle, by sitting there in the presence of Jesus and realizing that, as John Paul II said, he is the truth. And that joy comes from the truth of knowing Jesus, not the truth of this world, quote-unquote, and not anything that we are going to find under the Christmas tree wrapped up in, in beautiful gift-wrapping paper. That's fleeting joy. What we want is lasting joy, and that lasting joy is only fine in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you, baby! The you, baby! Yeah! Whoa! Whoa! We need a running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly! It's yeah, a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? All right, let's hope that our sports segment is not outdated within three minutes of posting it. That was crazy this last week. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about, okay, what's going to happen with the UM Coaches Church? And then, like, literally... I hit post. Yeah, and seconds then, after. And then the phones blew up. I'm and, like, we could have... Uh, we thought about going back into student recording. I was like, oh, it's already posted. Why, why bother? You know, but it was like, but we'll we, take, got him, we, got Mario, we, we got him, Super Mario. We got him, Mario. We got an AD. We, we got, got the Clemson AD. So, uh, all, you know, we pray that they they're successful, and you know, looking forward to next season. Actually, we still have a bowl game on the thirty first of December. Uh, but is no. anyone is anyone paying attention to that anymore? I, I pay attention because I think that the, with the coaching carousel that was this year, oh my goodness, bowl season has just like taken the, no, the back seat. I, I don't know who's coaching where, and, uh, and I, I, don't, I don't get it, but. Uh, 
You know, it, it was it was an interesting Monday last week, you know, seeing, and then on Tuesday it was a press conference, and he was on his way to, he was, well, I, I remember we said while we were recording last week that he was meeting with, no, no, it was right after we recorded, it was 7 o'clock Pacific time, which would have been 10 a.m. Yeah. Uh, Eastern time, we finished recording around 9, 9.30, I forget now, and you know, yeah, that's he, he was a, it was, it was after he met with the, he, that's how he wanted. He, after he met with yeah. his team, he didn't want it to be like Leonard Damon where prayers find out before Brian Kelly uh, was able to tell them. So we're excited. You know, it's all about the U. I was, you know, chest was puffed out last week. Oh, yeah. That was know, a great, with the great U. press conference. It was, it was amazing. We were ready to run through walls for him. And so, yeah, but, but we got to see it on the field now. No, yeah. Because we were saying the same exact thing with Manny's press conference. Manny. You know, three years ago. And, and, and Rick. And Al Golden. And I know Mario is, is a different level, but, yeah. but we're tired of the but, talk and we want to see it you know, you know, translate. We'll, we'll see what happens. I do have an issue with this early signing period, though. Oh, but it's, it's horrible. It's so unfair to the kids. It is. Because they're committing. The coaches are moving all over the place. It's next week. Is it this? I think it's this week. It's, uh, I think, first week of... No, no, no. There's an, I think there's an early signing period this week. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one I have yeah. issue with. I yeah. don't know when, when exactly be, it, it is. It should be like always, like February. There yeah, should and, be... and then if they make a commitment and the, the coaching staff bolts, you know, they're locked in. They can't back out of that. I don't. Like, I, that's not fair. You know, there should, have, there should be a mechanism in place. But how do you control this? Yeah. Because everybody should do what they want to do. Just go like, back to the single signing period in no, February. No, but, but and... I'm talking about not just that. I'm talking about that coaches can't me moved around and after until after the bowl season is complete that everybody knows yeah. where the dominoes fall you know and we know where we're going you know so i don't know how you i don't know how you control that i don't know how you because everybody's going to be crazy ch- chasing afterwards yeah. and and the nfl has it's black monday also and, and they may go poach college coaches so what are you gonna do there now last week some of you made known to me that we did not give proper love to the Miami Dolphins. It was a very quiet sports weekend. You know, Saturday, we had, you know, except for the Army-Navy game, there was no college, there wasn't a full day of college football. There were, Yesterday, the Dolphins didn't play. They had their bye week, you know, like really, really late in the year. And so, you know, but yesterday, I was able to say, wow, the Dolphins. See, yesterday, this past weekend, this weekend that just would have been a great weekend for the fair because there's nothing to watch. No, but that doesn't <laughs> matter. But, you know, we, we watch it there at the fair. But no, the Dolphins... I, I am so, you know, stoked about the Dolphins because five in a row, uh, and we got the Jets coming to town this week, and we don't like the Jets. And then we go on the road and we play, uh, I believe, at the Saints, and then at uh, Tennessee, and then home against New England, who I don't understand how they are. The number one seed in the AFC. Yep. The AFC is bonkers right now. Yep. So much so that the Dolphins, we, we know some, some people dead and married, are still, quote-unquote, in the hunt yeah, we're, the, I, for a I, playoff. They cracked the in-the-hunt graphic the other day. That was, it was awesome. If you would have told me you know, six weeks ago the other, that they'll be, they're going to be a, on the in-the-hunt graphic. But, but here's the thing. Is the Dolphins <laughs> have always been in the in-the-hunt the graphic. It just all falls apart in December. But Coach Flo, usually November, December, has a, has a great record, yeah. and we hope— that we continue this, we have to win out. There's yep. no, there are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We have to win out to even get a sniff of the playoffs. We have, I was, I was just looking at it right now. We have as many wins, <laughs> we have as many wins as the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have as many wins as. Here it is. Why is this taking so long? 
as the Pittsburgh Steelers, as the Raiders. The Raiders beat us, so they beat us on the head-to-head. And Cleveland should have lost yesterday. They didn't. They would. I think they would have fallen behind us if they. It depends on the conference record. But yeah, we're in the hunt. Buffalo lost. They have almost. They're they're one. We're one back of of Buffalo in the loss column. That's absurd. Okay, and they were. Everybody was like, "Oh no, the number one." Mm-hmm. So seven and six. Indianapolis, Buffalo, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Denver, all seven and six. So it's going to be a crazy month. Looking forward to that. Hope that satisfies our Dolphins fans, listeners who thought that I didn't give the Dolphins enough love last week. We are doing great. We just still need uh, what I scream about in the podcast every 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 in the bumper music. We need a running back. We need. We <laughs> stink. Miles Gaskin, yeah, he catches the ball out of the backfield, but everybody, two of them are on the COVID list yeah. this week, so hopefully they get better by by Sunday. They just get better. Period. All right. Because we don't have anything big to talk about, uh, there's something that Jorge and I always discuss, and we wanted to bring it to you because baseball is locked out. That doesn't mean we can't talk about baseball. Because right yeah. now, Hall can of Fame... Can we use players' names and images? Yeah, we can use players' <laughs> names. Well, they're not, they're not currently players in the MLB, so they're, they're retired. So we're going to go through the Hall of Fame ballot. And I have... My father and I have very easy criteria for get, the Hall of Fame. Get ready for some controversy. Here. Exactly. So the, here's our criteria for the Hall of Fame. The criteria is this. When you say the name, if you can't say yes or no, he's a Hall of Famer within a second, doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. Simple as that. Is is that... That makes sense. It does make sense because... If you start overthinking it, then... uh... Right. When you look look at this list that Hori's going to read to me right now, I'm going to say yes or no really quickly. There's some some good names on here, but... And some of them will be shocked. uh, I don't know about, you know, checking off the box next to them. Go all right. So all right, here we go. You, we're gonna go through the whole list. Go through the whole here list. Here we go in alphabetical order. Bobby Abreu. No. Barry Bonds. Yes. No. Yes. No. Barry Bonds. Before he started, you know. Here we go. You know, it took two. It took two to start see, the controversy. Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer, and before he even, you know, started using whatever it is he was using and started hitting home runs, he was hitting home runs already. He was an incredible fielder with Pittsburgh. Was an incredible. You know, it was an MVP. He could have retired in 1998 and probably still would have made the Hall of Fame. But he didn't. But he didn't. He had to roid up. So um, that's that's my issue. Nobody here, and I know no. everyone was doing it. And but but you still have to hit a baseball. You do, which is the hardest thing to do it in is. professional sports. It is. But all these guys know how to hit a baseball. No, not like that. This guy knew how to hit a baseball. This guy, and I mean, he didn't need it. He didn't. And need he it. and so many times that he was. You know, he was, he was walked intentionally and still hit the number of home runs he did. Yeah. He didn't need it. You're absolutely right. But I still think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer. I don't like him. You're I never an, liked you putting an asterisk on No, him? that's up to them. I mean, I didn't like him as a player. I don't know him as a person. I didn't like him as a player because, you know, yeah, he was. At, he, at the very least, there has to be reference I to, to, I the, to what, what went down. I, is there reference to Ty Cobb being a racist? You know, in the Hall of Fame. From everything I've read, from everything I've seen about baseball history, we're, we're, going, we're Cobb, going deep here. Ty Cobb was the most <laughs> miserable human being that ever played the, the game of baseball. And people didn't like him. And he's still in the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest hitters ever. So, continue. Hold on, my phone fell asleep. Okay, <laughs> so, so we got... All right, we're two names in. We got a long way to go I here. know, here we go. <laughs> Mark Burley. No. Roger Clemens. Yes. 
Most uh, dominant right-handed pitcher of our generation. Carl Crawford. No. Prince Fielder. No. Todd Helton. No. See, I, I went and, but uh, when, yeah, you go, when, a, you, you when you go, when you go and. You hesitate. I could see that. Not a Hall of Famer. I could see Todd. Ryan Howard. No. Oh, Phillies. Phillies, yeah, I know. Not because he's a Philly. He's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but he's a Philly. Even yeah. worse. <laughs> Tim Hudson. No. Tory Hunter. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, with you on that you one. You know what? I had, I had to think. I mean, wait. I, I, I thought about it because I haven't heard Tory Hunter's name, but Tory Hunter, perennial all-star center fielder for, for the Minnesota Twins, just brought so much joy to oh, the game. Yeah. And I don't have his numbers in front of me, but was so it was, it was fun, so, so fun to watch. Fun to too. watch. Yeah. That that needs to be a a, a category in the voting. Fun area. to watch. Fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. Andrew Jones. No. Jeff Kent. No. Tim Lincecum. No. Justin Morneau. No. Didn't play. So, yeah, long as I said it's hard to check a lot no. of these boxes. N- didn't play long enough. Uh, who'd we finish on? Justin Morneau. Joe Nathan. Nope. David Ortiz. Uh, uh, that's a no. You didn't say yes. No, 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 no. It, it's no. It's oh, not, it, it's it hurts you. It hurts you. It just hurts me to say it because <laughs> there. And the thing is, some people are saying we don't know about his history. We don't know. He was never named in any reports that I know of. Right. It just hurts me to say it, but yeah, his contribution to the game, his contribution to the city of Boston, to the Red Sox, killed us in the, in the 2004 ALCS. speech, we can't quote a speech we, here. But. <laughs> but yeah, David Ortiz, I'm going to go homer in a bit, so go ahead. Jonathan no. Pavelbon. No. Well, that was an angry no, too. No. Jake Peavy. Nope. Andy Pettit. Yes. Dominant left-hander was so clutch in the postseason. Yes, this is Yankee homerism at his best, but he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Uh, we got AJ Pierzynski. Nope. Manny Ramirez. Yes, and he was suspended, in it, you know, a lot. But man, can he hit a baseball? Man, he bring joy to the game. Oh yeah. Manny be Manny. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Next Cause, one, because you share a name, right? No. <laughs> oh, the next one. Here we go. It's coming. A Rod. Yes. A Rod is as pure talent yeah. that has ever come out. Of Miami, probably the best player to ever. Sorry, Jose Canseco, to ever come out of Miami. Didn't was supposed to go to the U. Didn't uh, go to the U. The, but even but his the name's field, on the, there. The, right? fields, uh, <laughs> the fields. Uh, go figure. I mean, the state or the field. I don't know what's named after him, but he was. He did not. Here's another one. Did not need it. Yep. Was so talented. Was so gifted. Yeah. But and again, same deal. Yep. Oh, there's our our weekly. Uh, I think that that's the, the thing. I have muted this up. thing a million times and. Oh, All right, here whatever. we go. Scott Rowland. Mm, you know, that's one of those that's borderline. And because I didn't say yes right away, he was solid at third base. Um, I think he was close. He he went he was up there in numbers last year, but I'm going to say no. Oh, got a lot of Phillies on this list. There here. is. Next year, Phillies. Jim, Jimmy Rollins. No. He was fun, though. Yep. He was fun to watch. He killed us. Mm-hmm. Kurt Schilling. Yes. Kurt Schilling is not getting in the Hall of Fame for one reason and one reason only, and it's politics. Because he has a certain brand of politics. Yep. The man does, is was a dominant pitcher. Yep. The bloody sock game, which, you know, can't even think of. The, his performance with the Diamondbacks against the Yankees in mm-hmm. the 2001 World Series, dominant, should be there. All right, here we go. Homer, Homer, Homer time. Gary Sheffield. No. Oh, we got to get him in there. No. Uh, what had the Gary was though? Gary was didn't have like this sustained excellence. Nah, he was my childhood though. No, I with the, well, yeah, with absolutely the, with the bat wiggle, the bat wiggle, and, all that stuff. No, I I mean that was. I, I still have my little league card. Actually, I think uh, I think Angie has it in her wallet. We found a, a little league card of mine, mm-hmm. and and my favorite player was listed as Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield, go figure. But no, I mean the sustained excellence wasn't there. 
I mean, great player, all star, yes. Uh, great player, yes. Hall of Famer. So I'm no. just I'm just going yes on the on the nostalgia of, okay. of my of my that, you know well, ten you. ten year old little Jorge yep. who would dress up in full Marlins gear to watch games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Sammy Sosa. Nope. See, Sammy Sosa had like a three or four year stint there that he was so dominant at the plate. But that was about it. With help. With help. Yeah. With but that was about help. it. That was about it. Mark Teixeira. No. Omar Vizquel. Yes. Best shortstop in South East. Okay. Defensively. Okay. Uh, yeah, he has his off the field issues, I believe. Uh, I don't want to get into them, but in terms of player, absolutely. And last but not least, Billy Wagner. No. Uh, was that? I didn't. I didn't keep track, but I think. I think you got. Uh, I don't think I got seven, to ten. I don't seven, think I got to ten. Seven yeses there. Billy Wagner, he was there. So, I am one of those that thinks that thinks that Bonds and Clemens and A Rod do belong in the Hall of Fame. Now, what you do with that? What you do with that? You know, do you put an asterisk? Do you put something mentioned? But there's so many guys that did did stuff that are in there right now. You know. And I have to say, by the way, kudos to the Veterans Committee. Finally put Buck O'Neill. Yeah. Buck O'Neill, uh, you may not have heard of him. If you've seen the baseball documentary, he was such a great ambassador to the game, was instrumental in the Negro Leagues. And my goodness, he should have been. And he was up for election before he died and missed it. Uh, should be up there with Josh Gibson and Satchel Paige and, and these great players from the Negro Leagues. And and Buck O'Neill, just so much, every time he would speak about baseball, he was just smiling from year to year and goes, man, if you would have seen Satchel Pitch mm-hmm. or you seen Josh Gibson hit, uh, it was something joyful. We were talking about joy in the, yeah. in the first segment. You know, that, that you know, Minnie Minoso also got in and um, so many other uh, worthy players that, that should have gotten in earlier. Gil Hodges, you know, Gil Hodges, you know, you think of, of, of the Dodgers, you know, uh, but, you know, so many great players. And, that, and I think that eventually... Don Manny will get in uh, through through that vet, through, yeah. through Veterans Committee yeah. because Donnie Baseball, yeah, his career was cut short. I think it was back issues. Uh, but I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. For sure. You know, Donnie Baseball, MVP, you know, had that great streak of home runs, games with home runs. But so there we have it. Short sports segment, short podcast today. Next week is our season finale. Our season two finale. Uh, we will go on a little bit of a hiatus. We don't know how long. We will definitely be back for Lent. But uh, so just to let you all know that we won't be putting out podcasts during the Christmas break and probably in early January. So uh, prepare yourselves as you know as, as needed. You can, you can you have a whole, what, what are we up to, like 30? 31, I think this is episode 31. So you, you've got some episodes to you go back. You can go back to and listen to. And listen and, to how off we were in our in our predictions. and. Oh, no, we, we should not go back to <laughs> when we released the Dolphin schedule. And I said, oh, win, I gotta, win, bye, bye. I got to pull, 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 pull that up for next week. Yeah, we, we, should, we could go. I forget when it was. It was one of the early episodes, but that was... So bad. I mean, and I'm and I'm just thinking about the first eight games of the year. We went one and seven, and I'm like, no, no, no. So, anyways, my friends, uh, be joyful, share the joy of Jesus. Remember that, you know, we cannot be effective Christian witnesses if we don't carry the joy of Jesus with us at all times. My favorite Pope Pope Francis line, right? Don't be a sourpuss. <laughs> yeah. Don't it's be fr- a sourpuss. It's uh, <laughs> it's a Spanish phrase. Un cristiano triste, un triste cristiano. You know, a sad Christian is indeed yeah. a, is a, it, it really it doesn't bad. translate. Doesn't as, translate as well, nicely. But is indeed a sad Christian. 
you know, as a sad person, as a person that really cannot effectively, you know, preach the word of God. So concentrate on that and, you know, just keep repeating. I said this yesterday at Mass. Keep repeating that, that Advent refrain this week in your prayer life. Come, Lord Jesus. Those three words. Just repeat them. And let the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, you know, enter your hearts and give you joy during this week. And may Almighty God bless you. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.